So for as long as I've been in the business of alternative careers for doctors, management consultancy has always been one of the number one things that most doctors will think about as an alternative option for a career move beyond conventional medicine. And I think that simply because there's been a very long precedence of doctors moving into consultancy or consulting, uh, simply because we would have had some level of exposure to that in our clinical practice, where a lot of hospital trusts will engage with consulting firms. And many of us may have bumped into a consultant or two on the ward. And maybe a year or two later, we end up being those consultants that are coming back to advise the hospitals. But the reality is most doctors, when they think about consulting, they think, I have to go and get a job in order to become a management consultant or an advisor. Um, And that's, you know, pretty expected uh, because there are a lot of opportunities in the consulting firms for doctors. But what if that wasn't the only way to get into consulting? So in this episode, we talk a little bit about what exactly is consulting why doctors in particular make great consultants, not just in healthcare, but in pretty much any sector, and what you need to do as a doctor to set up as an independent consultant. And we talk a little bit about the pros and cons of consulting as an independent compared to working for a firm. So if you're someone who is looking to get started without having to go and get another job, then this episode is definitely for you. So stay tuned. Let's face it, burnout amongst doctors is sky high and we're actively seeking other ways to make the most of our transferable skills beyond the usual career pathways. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers, I'm your host, Dr. Abena Bubbers-Jones, and I'm on a mission to connect one million doctors across the world with the best in diverse career opportunities. Let's get started with a, a story of one of the doctors I've worked with. So let's call her Marsha for now. So Marsha got to, interestingly enough, she got to a consultant level job in so she'd been working as a consultant for a year or two so quite early on but she realized that she wanted to do other work beyond clinical medicine and she always had been interested in working as a management consultant or in consulting so she found at that level when she was applying for jobs that it was very difficult for her to find a job in a consulting firm that worked for her, simply because a lot of the entry points at consulting firms, especially if you don't have any uh, consulting experience, it's like almost starting from scratch again, like it's a new training program. (laughs) So, you know, she'd have to take a pay cut. Yes, it would be a steep learning curve. Um, But essentially, in some ways, it would be a step down financially. And also, you know, it's a full-time commitment usually when you start with a consulting firm. So she wasn't quite sure that that particular arrangement was would be useful for her. The other option was looking at, you know, being an advisor for consulting firms, which is, you know, was, was available to her, 
But again, it was quite difficult to get that initial kind of lick in to get those opportunities that would enable her to move on from her Obzangani post or her Obzangani career. So the work that I did with Marsha included really allowing her to understand the benefits of working as an independent consultant and getting started ASAP rather than having to spend maybe months or sometimes years to try and get consulting post and also positioning herself well in the market and selling herself and in doing so Marsha did not have to completely leave her Obzangani job <laughs> no she she basically got started off her own accord quite quickly managed to get some contracts with various companies in the area that she particularly wanted to work in so she was quite interested in working in with health tech firms, uh, particularly fem, femtech. So she got started very quickly, um, but didn't have to give up her day job. So maybe reduced her NHS hours. Um, and over time, she developed a portfolio career, which was both Obzangani and consulting. So that's what she still does. Um, and at some point in the time, she, she may decide to transition completely out of clinical medicine, but she has those two options. And one of the great things about consulting and working for herself is that she is her own boss and she can charge essentially what she wants, which supersedes her NHS income. So let's talk a little bit about and going back to basics. I always love to go back to basics. Like what is consulting? So in that example um, of one of the doctors I've worked with, yes, she worked, she was already a consultant, but any doctor at any stage can work as a consultant, right? And ironically, you know, when we finish our training, we're called consultants. And what is consulting? It basically means providing expert advice to someone else. That's basically it. Um, (laughs) And, you know, expert advice is very, very ambiguous. So in order to become a consultant in an area, you just have to know more than the person you're selling your services to. So reality is anyone can become a consultant. You may have decided as a doctor that you're you're really interested in social media. You can decide to set up as a social media consultant. Like, you know, these areas aren't regulated yet. Medicine is regulated. So in order to call, call yourself a consultant, you have to be on the specialist register. But in other, most areas, you do not have to be on any register and you can sort of call yourself a consultant. <laughs> that is the reality of things. So again, I reiterate, being consultant means selling your expertise to another person or company who knows less about that topic or area than you do. So, you know, the world is your oyster as to what the topic is. It literally could be anything. It could be something like, I'm holding a pen right now. It could be, you know more about, I'm looking at this zebra bee, E Alpha DX5 pens that this company is particularly interested in than they do. And you can sell your advice and expertise and guidance and strategy, whatever you want to sell as you being in a niche. So why do doctors make great consultants? So as you know, as doctors, we are highly, highly educated. Uh, we are known as some of the brightest academically And we have developed a lot of skills in our clinical practice. And we have a wide range of knowledge within that, not only in healthcare and the practice of healthcare, but also working with a diverse population of people. And so that in itself will help 
you if you're looking to do this to work with a diversity of people or in a range of different sectors in a corporation or a company or with direct to customer so that's b2b business to business or b2c uh, business to consumer or customer and this can be done in any particular sector so for example as you know with um gps like gps are the ones that tend to be the best position to start up their own practice a private practice but many gps go and do things beyond that um and consult literally just by sharing their advice with you know a common thing is health tech firms um or other companies like lifestyle lifestyle medicine companies or beyond healthcare you know it could even be media work it's really really broad and they can do that privately um or as an employed but most of them they will start off doing it privately because it's a really great opportunity to kind of test the waters of that relationship Another thing is because doctors already have such great credibility that's inbuilt because, you know, we are a regulated profession. It means that we are relatively trustworthy. And the final point is, again, because we have worked at quite a high professional level, we can also charge high professional fees. And I know some of you might be squirming if you're going into an area that you're not like you haven't been studying or working in for like a billion years. But as as I said, it's it's less about, you know, your perception of how much you know and how long you've been doing it, but more like what is the value of your knowledge and your expertise to the market? What is the value of your knowledge and your expertise to the market? So in order to really understand that, you need to do some market research on it. But you also need to understand like how transformative is your knowledge or your input going to be to the companies or the people that you're going to work for? Um, so some of the work that we do with our, our doctors is to work on the pricing point, which is a huge, huge, huge part of becoming successful as an indep- independent consultant. So that allows me to move on to what do doctors need to set up as an independent consultant? What do they need to set up as an independent consultant? So you know, when you set up a, as, you know, the new identity, everyone wants to get a website and get your logos done and, you know, all the kind of like peripheral stuff, which feels good. And it feels like, you you know, you're doing something, but actually that is not really what you need to set up, provide a service and make money. Right. So what you really need are three core things. I mean, like, you know, some people will tell you a whole range of different things, but there are three core things uh, you need to put in your recipe of becoming an independent consultant from my perspective. One is you need a clear, 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 clear niche. So a niche is a specific area of interest. So you can focus on that area and be well known and have authority in that area. So I used an example earlier about this Zebra BE Alpha DX5 pen. I happen to have in my hand uh, that is really niche and so it's going to be easier for me to build an authority in that area of this pen because not many people are going to understand this pen maybe they are but they're not 
<laughs> realistically. And just like Medic Footprints, Medic Footprints is very specifically about doctors exploring alternative careers. Not nurses, not allied health professionals. I mean, like, basically, over the years, a lot of people said, oh, why don't you do X other professional? And the reality is, like, the, the real value of what we provide, both to doctors and to the clients, the companies we work with, is that niche, is that very specific curated network of doctors. And that's what we're known for. And that's how we've built our credibility and authority over the years. So going back to you, if you're looking to set up as an independent consultant, choose a niche. And just FYI, in my opinion, health tech is not a niche. That is just health. So you need to really differentiate yourself within that. So for example, going back to Marsha, um, she decided to go into femtech. Even femtech's really broad, but it, it's more of a niche than say health tech, for example. And so again, going back to the to, to tech example, you might decide you want to, uh, like for example, if she decides she wanted to do something else in health tech, she could have looked at something related to like femtech on uh, women with menorrhagia or fibroids or some, something along those lines that's like very specific so she can really get to know her network very well even if say for example you are a car fanatic you know at the end of the day cars are, there's a huge number of cars you might decide i am just going to focus on tesla model threes i'm using that as an example because i have a tesla model three and it's a great car <laughs> but you get my drift right choose an area that's very specific and niche that you can wholeheartedly focus on, be really passionate about and get known for. People remember you for that. And you won't be in a sea of other people who are doing the same thing. Um, it That sea will be a lot smaller and that will enable you to develop deeper relationships with your clients. Um, the next is span. So if you were listening or you have been listening to some of my podcasts, I talk about the career blueprint in one of my previous podcasts on the four key pillars you need to change careers. So take a listen to that. But just as an overview, the span is strategy, positioning, attention and network. So you need to have all those four things in place consciously before you go off and uh, start becoming your independent consultant and living your independent consultant lifestyle. And the last thing is, and this is what a lot of people, let alone doctors in particular, really, really struggle with. And I, I am part of that crew, by the way. Like this is a skill that you 100% have to learn is selling. Quite simple, but it's selling. And, and also part of that is also, this is separate from selling, it's marketing. Um, but marketing is covered in the span. So selling is being able to communicate your service and your product, being able to price it at a reasonable price range for you where it will get bought, right? And when most people think about selling and, you know, selling used to be a really bad word in the past, especially amongst doctors. I mean, like we don't ever talk about money in, in, in healthcare. That, I mean, if you're, if you're in the US, obviously it's a different story. Um, but in our public sector healthcare system, we don't ever talk about money really, uh, unless you're in private practice. Um, but it's, it's really important to be aware that selling is a really core skill that you need to learn. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things that doctors have to face. And selling does not have to be, um, you know, the kind of com 
the traditional way, which is kind of, you know, here's a pen, buy it. It's really about understanding what your cell, your cell style is like, because there are different cell styles and developing a method that works for you. So, um, and there's, there's loads of different ways to sell. And to, in my opinion, and this works better for doctors, the best way to sell is through what we call consultative selling or social selling, because it doesn't feel like selling. <laughs> Simply like that. It doesn't feel like selling. It doesn't feel dirty. And you feel like you've done a good job. And usually you would have had a good job. So that is an overview of what you need to set up. And, and to be honest, it's not, it's not really that difficult to actually just get started. Yes, it's nice to have a website, but at the end of the day, it's those core components that you really need to kind of get going. And so finally, let's just talk briefly about the pros and cons of consulting as an independent versus working for a firm. So I've already given you a, the highlights of working as an independent consultant. A, you can go into any sector you want without having to, you know, go through the obstacles of applying for a job. Um, B, you can charge what you want as well and actually get a better return on investment um, in many ways. And and C, you can also like do as much or as little work as you want as well and pick and choose your clients, which is great. And you can hop in and hop out of various companies. And actually becoming a consultant is one of the ways to get a job in a company. I may have mentioned that in one of my previous podcasts about the different ways of getting a job. This is one of the ways of getting a job. And it may not you may not feel like you're being a consultant, but if you're working for a company or you're doing some consulting work or giving some advisory work um, on a sessional basis, on ad hoc basis, that is a really great way to get in. I would call it the side route, the side door. Yeah, that's the side door way in. So you get in and then you kind of test it and then you kind of, someone offers you a job because you've done so well with them. So... So that is one option. And so that's one of the, the, the pros of working as an independent. And you don't really need much to get started, really. And you can get started anytime without having to quit your day job. And so working for a consulting firm also brings lots of other benefits. Um, usually you would have to actually take a full-time job with a consulting firm and usually at least four to five days a week. You won't have to worry about selling. <laughs> you will simply be given jobs it could be remote, it could be in person, uh, it could be local, it could be international. Um, you don't really have that much in the way of choice with these things, um, but it does give you a broad range of exposure. It doesn't have to be just healthcare. It can also be in other sectors and it's a huge, huge learning opportunity. So you find that a lot of doctors that do tend to go into consulting, particularly um, in the earlier years, Again, it's like a, it's like a training program and many will stay um, for about two to three years, maybe four years, and then they will go off to something else, usually starting their own businesses or consulting themselves independently or working for VCs, you name it. It's a great stepping stone to the other world or the business world, and it's a great way to network. And so just to also be aware, as I mentioned earlier, if you are later on in your, your medical career, so at least like 10 years plus or you're at consultant level, you may find it's a little bit trickier to transition over to a consulting firm if you haven't had any consulting experience before, unless you're going into a company um, at a senior level. I mean, that you can call it consulting, you can call it what you like. So consulting is a very broad word. But this is where independent working as an independent consultant might be more beneficial than actually getting a job at that stage. 
But at the end of the day, it's just really important that you know what your options are and that consulting doesn't mean the door is closed if you don't seem to be getting any jobs because actually you can create opportunities yourself. So I hope you found that episode useful. So what we covered is what is consulting, which is basically providing your expertise as a service to someone else or a company who knows less than you do and obviously happy to pay for your services. And remember, doctors make great consultants in any sectors. Don't forget, in order to set up as a consultant, what you really need beyond uh, doing all the fancy stuff, which actually you don't need, is a clear niche, the SPAN um, method that I talk about in one of my previous podcasts on the four key pillars and learning how to sell and market yourself. So very soon, um, we will be setting up a group course for doctors who are interested in becoming independent consultants. So setting up their own consulting businesses on their own terms. Usually when you start in consulting, it's just you and it's totally, totally doable. It works for your lifestyle. It works for even a portfolio career it's great. It's flexible. So if you are interested in finding out more about that course, once we start that in the near future, please email us at team at medicfootprints.org and we'll put you on the wait list for that. And if you just want to keep in touch and find out what's going on and even find out more about any consulting jobs that are coming up, remember subscribe to our mailing list, which is medicfootprints.org forward slash join our mission. And obviously don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on the platform of your choice and don't forget to leave a review. So until next time, thank you so much for listening.